Stones, everybody. I am Sean Graham Scott alongside, as always, hello, Scott. Hello, Sean. Happy Monday morning to you. Uh, did you deal well with the curling double feature that we had last night? Yeah, very exciting. The curling double dip here in East uh, Coast time, uh, seven o'clock for the Scotty's final, eight o'clock for the final mixed doubles round robin draw. I did double screen it. Scott, which game did you have on your big screen? Well, I started with the Scotty's game on the big screen. And then as it got less close, I yeah. I, I shifted it to the lower one. Okay. What the heck is that? Uh, and <laughs> and uh, pretty much until the end of the mixed doubles game, I had, I had it on the big screen. You know, I, I was watching Krista McCarville make her comeback. And I thought, oh, maybe, maybe. And so I had the volume, you know, switching between both. Uh, yeah, it was uh, it was pretty fun. Yeah, it was an exciting evening, certainly of curling. And a couple of results that uh, were, I don't know, the and tough finishes right at the end for Canada and the mixed doubles for Krista McCarville at the Scotties. Just, mm-hmm. And they literally were within minutes of each other, uh, the two misses to end both those games. So it, it was quite a night for curling Twitter. And uh, I signed off early after I saw people starting to dance on the graves of the mixed doubles team. But the, that is a discussion for us, at least for another day. Hey, Scott, let's mm-hmm. uh, talk about the Scotties Tournament of Hearts as Carrie Anerson has become only the fourth woman to win three consecutive Scotties as a skip. Quite the accomplishment for her and her team. And yet somehow she has yet to play in a normal world championship. Uh, And that may still be the case after this year's event. See what happens Mm -hmm. out there in Prince George. But she was pretty emotional after the game. Uh, Obviously, there weren't people there last year to celebrate with. There were some folks there this year that she could celebrate with. But Scott, what did you take away from the week? And, and let's start with Carrie Anderson and her team winning the third straight. Well, they were the odds on favorite once the, the playoffs shook out the way they did. Even losing that game Friday night after after she beat Flurry on Saturday, I said, well, she's just won the her second Scotties and she still had two games to play. Like the way that the the one two game went down there was no way that Andrea Crawford's team was going to bounce back from that in my mind, Uh, just like a devastating way to lose. And so the way that uh, Carrie Anderson's team, that that team Canada can play, you just thought, okay, they're going to be in the final. And the way that team Northern Ontario played all week, it, it didn't inspire me with a lot of confidence because they got through winning on mistakes and uh, Carrie Anderson don't make too many mistakes so no yeah that's uh I, I mean it was pretty a pretty dominant performance uh all week uh you, you don't have Rachel Holman there to you know sort of stand with her Laura Walker's team disappointed uh as sort of the next team to come and then Tracy Fleury misses the whole week so <laughs> yeah of, of the teams that you expected to be at the top like they were the only ones that were all there and 
got out to a strong start and just kept the pressure on. Yeah, we, we talked about a little bit in the preview where 2018, it was a weird Olympics, uh, or sorry, a weird Scotties because of the Olympics where you didn't have Rachel home in there. Caitlin Laws wasn't playing. Uh, we should note that Shannon Burchard uh, is unbeatable at Scotty's Tournament of Hearts, apparently. She, you, she can't be. She's four for four. Uh, if you count that 2018 win, which, of course, you should, that yeah. you're when you miss those people, it, it does give the event a weird feel. And certainly 2018 had a strange feel to it. And this this one had a weird feel to it as well, because obviously you're missing Jennifer Jones. Rachel Holman's team is not complete. Allie Flaxy stepping in in the second position calling line. You have. Emma Miskew, who's never skipped before, trying to do it. Selena Negevin gets pushed into skipping in the last minute. Becomes the second team all-star somehow, uh, which is kind mm. of incredible. So it, it was just a, it was just such a weird feeling event. And I know for me, I I didn't get into it the way I usually do. The Scotties is my favorite event on the calendar every year. Mm. And I just couldn't get into it in the same way this year. And I don't know if part of it was the players who weren't there, the weird feel of that, the, the no crowd, which was tiresome after the bubble was mildly interesting with no crowd. This one felt, it was just kind of sad. I also live in downtown Ottawa and it has been a, a mildly uh, busy week in downtown yeah. Ottawa, if you want to put it that way. So I don't know how much of, of the local circumstance here affected my enjoyment of the event, but I just never really got into it until Friday. And Friday was the day. Like Friday was great, top to bottom for yeah. me. Like from the morning game, that tiebreaker into those seeding games on Friday night. Like that that was a lot of fun to watch. But I think the other reason that I, I struggled to get into it was as the week unfolded, as you're saying, it just became so clear that this team was so much better than everybody else this week mm-hmm. that yeah. nobody was touching them and they didn't necessarily blow people out every game but from the games we saw and then the game and then obviously on the updates no one really had a realistic chance of beating them throughout the course of the week late in games like mm-hmm. there there was never a moment where you're like oh maybe like sure andrea crawford gets out to that big lead in the playoff game but it, she, it's clawed back relatively quickly Right. So, you know, they weren't really in jeopardy late in games except for the game they lost. And that was a game that, well, okay, who cares? Exactly. They they picked the right one to lose. You know, uh, if you talk to uh, Tracy Fleury's team, they picked the wrong one to lose at the uh, at the trials. So it's all about timing. And when you have your bad game and they they did have a bad game, that was one, three, four, five stolen points out of the eight that New Brunswick scored that game. So, you know, that was them sort of hurting themselves. And I said at the outset of this, you know, they don't make a lot of mistakes. Well, they'd gotten them all out of their system, it would seem uh, in that game Uh, and came back. They had the rocks that they were comfortable playing with, you know, everything just seemed to line up perfectly for them. Yeah. And they're really good, Scott. Like, you know, we, we've talked on the show before what's going to happen in the off season, how many teams are going to break up and shift Obviously, this team did not have the trials that they wanted to have, really struggled mm-hmm. there. But it's going to be tough, I think, for them not to continue to play together, given how good the overall quad has been for them. They've been really good on the slam circuit, on tour, obviously three Scotties championships. It's 
and I believe the other Scott, they didn't play in 2019. I, I feel like they lost in the tie break or not the tie break in the wild card, wild card game, game in 2019. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, just the record that they have compiled over the past three years, four years is really quite remarkable. And will they want to continue? I kind of hope so. They're a fun team to watch or I think very likable with, with my apologies to my friend, Sabrina. I do think this is a pretty likable team, uh, all four members of it. And it mm-hmm. would be unfortunate. I, I think if, if, they broke up because they have a chance to do something really special next year if they choose to play together. I think so. I think the only thing that could derail them, you know, is, is life. Maybe you want to take a break from performing at this high level, but you're right. I don't see any reason why they can't stay together and uh, make a push for the Olympics four years from now. Uh, they're definitely skilled enough. They're very talented. Seeing them evolve as a team, you know, Val playing third has been really good for her. Seeing Brianne Mayer is an excellent lead. She's there with like the right comments to the people that need it uh, at the right time. Just a, a great sweeping eye. Uh, and then you say Shannon Burchard, she just goes and wins Scotty's. So uh, amazing, uh, amazing team. And if I think about them in context of the Jennifer Jones 08, 09, 2010 team. Maybe this team is a little bit better top to bottom, but uh, it, definitely in the, in the same conversation as that team. And then going back to Colleen Jones, I think the team now that has a lot more competition in the field at the women's level. So I would say surpassing that uh, the greatness of that Colleen Jones team. Yeah, it would be incredible if they could pull off four in a row and next year who knows what the field will look like there are going to be some changes like and yep. i think that's one of the things that they're going to have to talk about or i wonder if it actually be a factor now that i think about that like would what the women's field is going to look like over the next four years influence their decision like do they think that the four of them are good enough to take on all comers in whatever form this is going to take because mm-hmm. other teams you think are going to improve my guess is that there's going to be a consolidation of the top players and maybe some folks will take their model and we'll see some skips go into other positions potentially. So is that a factor for them or they just say, come on, try to beat us? Because so far you haven't been able to uh, at the national championship and we're going to take another run at it and see what we can do in November of 2025, barring any schedule changes from curling Canada. Yeah, yeah, that's to, to me that's the sensible way to go, right? Uh you don't get the crown unless you kill the king or what's the saying? Like uh come and get it, right? Like yeah. th- this is our this is our championship. We own it. You got to beat us. We're we're yeah, not going to make any changes. Like be better than us. Like yeah. we're right now we're better than you and you got to come and meet us at our level cuz right now nobody is. Not, not even really close right now. I mean, Team Holman has been there the last couple of years, but the, the change they made, uh, taking Lisa Weigel out, seems to have not uh, worked for the, the first couple of years. Uh, we'll see what changes come to that team, if any. Yeah. And uh, otherwise, yeah, Tracy Fleury's team is good. I, I would expect them to keep going, but who else? Like, uh, 
Laura Walker's team is is also really good, not quite there. Yeah. I don't know. Can, yeah, I think Mackenzie Zacharias obviously did a lot better this year than she did last year. Uh, is that a team that's going to continue to improve in Manitoba? Are there any other junior shuffles or people just out of juniors from the last quad mm. who want to keep playing? And, you know, is there anything that comes out of that? Potentially, I don't know. Or do you have something? I get I, you're not, I, you know, I don't want to be disrespectful to anybody, but Shannon Burchard and uh, Brianna Mayer, like they were skips, but they weren't top level. Like they weren't at the top of the, the CTRS points mm-hmm. or anything. So could you have a situation with people like Jacqueline Harrison, Holly Duncan in Ontario, where they come together uh, in a similar fashion, Danielle Inglis, like could those type of players come together and form a team that could potentially rival those other top teams? That, that's something that I might, look at if i was in one of their positions uh ali flaxy mm-hmm. is another one uh, another name that comes to mind in that type of a role now the, the problem with that of course carrie anderson had already got to escotties uh, and had some level of success before yeah. this shift so it's it's not as simple as take four skips put them together you got to take four skips who can play those positions understand the roles and can can do it but as we sit right now, they are certainly the top of the table in Canada, and it's going to be a challenge for anybody to take them down. And, and this is why, too, Scott, it was a reminder to me of why I, I like the format of the national championship, where Tracy Fleury's team is number one in the world. And rightfully so. They go, they play a lot, and they win a lot on tour. But Carrie Anderson wins the signature event in Canadian women's curling. And she's done it now three times in a row and she gets to go. And that, I like that, you know, line them up, see who wins. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, usually the best way to, to figure it out. Right. Uh, it, line them up, see who wins. Uh, yeah. So when we talk about, uh, you know, how dominant Carrie Anderson has been shifting the conversation a bit, Sean, to uh, the team that she beat on Sunday night is it, this Kristen McCarville rink is very, very good. Yeah. Uh, they practice with a purpose. They can make all kinds of shots. I will say that they had what I think they would say was a disappointing week and still made the finals. Yeah. I think this might be one of the worst silver medal performances you've ever seen. They really struggled through the course of the week. They barely yeah. beat Nunavut. It took an unfortunate tumble by the Nunavut second for them to win that game. They, the games were close. We, we saw the same thing as we saw during the trials, Krista putting draws through the house, uh, some miss sweep calls over the course of the week. Yeah. Kendra Lilly wasn't at the top of her game over the course of the week and certainly wasn't the top of her game yesterday. It, mm-hmm. They just didn't have it the way that we've seen them have it before. And the thing is, when they've had their best games, they've been beaten by people like Carrie Anderson before. And then this week yeah. they didn't have their best game and they almost got there. It's kind of yeah. a cruel irony of sorts. Yeah. Sports is weird, right? Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I think if you put truth serum to any of those four ladies, they would say we're very, we're disappointed with our week. If you blacked out their memory and said, you don't, you know, nothing of what medal you won. They would say we're disappointed with that week, right? Get getting through 
and into the one, two game and then into the final made me think, okay, maybe there's a chance, right? They, they don't have to do the, the grind that they've had to do before, but the downside of that was that they weren't really sharp all week. And mm-hmm. so sometimes the grind is good when you're not sharp, right? Because you're just playing, you're not sitting around thinking about it. You're just going out and doing it and getting better and pushing aside some of the things that might get in your head. Otherwise, do you think that it was a case of mental mistakes or was it uh, physical mistakes for this McCarvel rink? That's a good question. I, I don't know. I, 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 cause you wonder how many of the physical mistakes were caused by something mental, right? Putting something through the house. How much of that is just a lack of focus in the moment potentially, or not having tracked the ice as effectively as they normally would like, like that, mm-hmm. that you just, you never know. But it, it seemed like there were times where we, we saw a, a lot of soft releases from them, particularly the Krista last night, several soft releases leading to overcurls. Those are physical issues, physical mistakes that you don't mm-hmm. expect from them. So you wonder if the moment and the pressure of being at home, this is a great chance to win the field is kind of opened up for you as you look at it. Yeah. You don't know. I didn't see a lot of tactical errors or things that I thought were tactical errors. As I was watching, they played way more aggressively than they normally do. A lot yeah. more rocks and play a lot more points in their games. I don't know if that was a conscious choice or just, this is the way it happened, but it was certainly a change in tactics, but I don't think they did anything that stood out to me as like, oh, why are you doing that? Why are you playing that shot? This is putting you in a worse position to win. Uh, I didn't see anything like that from them. It was just those little technical errors that you see crop up occasionally. And this week it cropped up more often than it usually does. Yeah, and I think they they were fortunate to win that uh, 1-2 game against uh, New Brunswick. Uh, really, really, really tough miss for Sylvie Quillian on her last in the 11th end, uh, nutting appeal. And just like in the worst, the, the worst spot, you felt so bad uh, on that shot because they had that game, I would say, pre- pretty much free and clear if if they make their peels. So that whole game, like McCarvel's team was down and you're right, it was the over curls. I think every miss that she had was an over curl. And that's the kind of thing that you'd think, okay, like I'm, I'm going to adjust the broom unless you don't believe in your head that you're starting it, right? Like, because you're seeing it every time you'd think, okay, well, let, let me take more ice. I, that was the first thing I thought was every, every miss is an overcurl. Why don't we adjust for it? Right. Right. And that, that adjustment didn't seem to happen uh, on the ice. It was the same story last night, right? Uh, they got down early based on some overcurls and misses. And like you said, they were playing super aggressively. I tweeted even in the second end, like, why are they going so hard right now? Like they're ignoring stones in the, in the house, putting up corner guards. I mean, they're down one, nothing in the second end of the final. This is, I don't think that's the way that I would, that's definitely not how, not how I expected them to play. Well, it's not how they normally play. So yeah, so like, so what do you think the reason was for that? Against a team as good as as Carrie Anderson, yes, you need to take advantage and score points when you can, but you also need to limit the opportunity for them to, to put pressure on you and make those steals. 
the only thing I could think of is that it's because they were struggling with those shots all week and in key moments, maybe the thought was don't have it all come down to that one shot, hmm. right? When you play open, you kind of have to be perfect, right? When there's more stuff in play, there can be a little more wiggle room. Uh, the pro side miss is there. Whereas when it's more open, you kind of just have to make the shot. That's, so yeah. that's the only thing I could possibly think of. But again, they were doing it all week. So I have no idea. Yeah, I really yeah they had 19 stolen ends, the most in the field. I would say like probably half of it is their skill in doing that. And half of it is other teams just missing. Yes, you can force difficult shots to teams, but uh, we saw them steal a lot of points where it was just misses. The game against Nova Scotia, they're up, what, 9-1? 9-1. Christina Black comes back, chips away, gets a, like another four. All these yeah. things that Carrie Anderson's up 9-1, you're not getting four points. No. TSN like, can uh, switch off that game. Yeah. And that, and that was twice in the same day for McCarvel, right? Being up double digits or up uh, eight points. Yeah, was she was that? up eight twice on Friday. Yeah. And just like... I mean, she won both the games. <laughs> she did, but... The, <laughs> anyway, so my take on, on Team McCarvel is like, yeah, the most disappointing silver medal, I think, uh, in, in a long time. Yeah. A long time uh, at at the Scotties. Now uh, we mentioned she beat Andrea Crawford in that one-two game, mm-hmm. a devastating loss. My opinion was that they were kind of playing with house money by that point, right? They were playing free and easy, and then that one nose hit on appeal, and I said, "Oh, they're they're not going to win <laughs> any." Like, I mean, she had a chance to make up for it. Uh, Andrea did. And the last, there was a little slight miscue by, by McCarville. But uh, this is a team that played really, really well all week. They were also sort of steel masters. Yeah. Uh, I think they benefited from playing in, were they in pool A? No, they were yeah, in the wild were. card pool. Well, the wild card pool. Yeah. 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 The pool A. So they weren't in the easy, easier pool. No, they were in the tough, uh, the loaded up pool. They did well by like jumping on uh, Tracy Fleury's team in that first draw like taking advantage of Selena Negevin's being shifted into the skip position at the last minute. Second game uh, the, was the, against Emma Miskew in her second game yeah. skipping ever. Yeah. So they got a break uh, on the a, schedule. They got a break on the schedule, but you got to do what you got to do. Yep. Having Sylvie Quillian in that third position was, I think the, the secret sauce of the team. Yeah. And they talked about that a lot on the, on the broadcast too. But uh, having Kate Forward and Jill Babin at the front end, we've seen them both there. But I think, I, I don't know, just the dynamic that they had on the ice this time seemed really positive, really great. I'll give Coach Daryl Nolan a, a, a shout out for that. Do you think this is a team, Sean, that we can see make noise at the Scotties again? I do. I, I really do. Sylvie's really good. And for as much yeah. as we like Rebecca, Rebecca Atkinson, and that's probably the most success that Andrew's had at Scotty's was playing with Rebecca Atkinson at third. I think Sylvie's mm-hmm. a little better. Uh, and we saw it yesterday in that semifinal. She was making great shots, some couple of really nice runbacks. She calls line mm-hmm. phenomenally well. And mm-hmm. that's the benefit of her being, have being a skip her whole life. 
that she can call those those line calls and i like i love it too and they were talking about how the front end just ignores uh, uh, andrea, andrea when andrea's throwing yeah. on the line call they're like oh, just we're not we don't believe you uh so yeah, yeah sylvie's a, a wonderful addition to the team and yeah i think they could make noise in in the future if they decide to continue to play together they as you said benefited a little bit from things beyond their control but they played really well and their team certainly that coming back could be uh, certainly a, a, if we go back to pool play championship pool you would certainly think that they are a a championship pool scenario and then maybe a playoff in a four team playoff in a, in a traditional page it's going to be tough but they could and they're more of a threat now than they used to be with that lineup change yeah would you say they're like maybe a step above a suzanne burt at this point i think so uh, are they getting getting into that mccarville territory and should we expect to see them playing a little more on uh, on the tour I don't know, but it, it, that's if they want to. I mean, they're they're all yeah. not in their twenties, right? So real life gets in the way. Finances can get in the way of that. Of that, uh, so mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't expect them to pull a Gushu and just start playing on tour all the time uh, in their thirties yeah. the way he did. But they could fill that McCarver role. And I, again, this is another team. You hate to sort of maybe see a concentration of talent within some of the smaller provinces. But again, this is another team that to me is an example of why I like the format that mm-hmm. this is their chance to come and they can, they can play with these teams, but they don't have the opportunity or potentially the time to invest in the tour. So I like it. Yeah. Yeah. I like it too. I like it too. So we've talked about uh, the top three, any other teams you want to touch on Sean? Yeah. Let's uh, real quick. Kerry Galusha, the territories make the playoffs. I don't care that it was a 16 playoff. Uh, they <laughs> made the playoffs and it was great. Uh, good for yeah. Kerry Galusha. Good for Joanne Rizzo. The shot she made against Mackenzie Zacharias Friday morning. Uh, I was out of my chair when <laughs> I saw it. Like, cause I didn't, I didn't expect her to make it. Uh, yeah. Just an amazing around the horn shot for three kind of a bummer that they gave up three right back right back yeah. then. but uh, she made it it was great she had no reaction to it it was amazing uh it was so much fun i think for them to make the playoffs we i said last year that i hope carrie galusha didn't retire after the bubble because she deserves an event with people there where she can kind of get her flowers if you will from the crowd and mm. uh I, I maintain that she still deserves that if she wants to keep playing. Uh, but this was really nice to see them in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It was a lot of hard work has gone into uh, that team and making them better. And they they had a great week, you know, yeah. uh, beat some big beat some big names, had to beat Laura Walker on the last night to get in, uh, did it. And yeah, it, it was very, very good to see quickly Mackenzie Zacharias team a lot of progress this year from last year uh flashes of brilliance flashes of youth as well mm-hmm. that uh, can get you into trouble but uh, they'll be a force on the scene for a long time to come yeah no question uh, really good performance for them of course they've played in two scotties haven't played in one with fans yet and uh, all the other goings-ons of a traditional Scotties, yeah. but maybe that's good for them the next time they they get back uh, that mm-hmm. uh, 
the on ice stuff won't be the issue. It's just, oh, it's this the patch? What? Huh? Uh, and <laughs> autograph sessions and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but yeah. really great performance for them. Disappointing weeks for BC and Marianne Arsenault. For Alberta and Laura Walker, that was unfortunate. Uh, but God bless uh, TSN for Nadine Scotland's baby and uh, that <laughs> the curling rock hat that they had on the baby. And Vic was right that that kid's going to look back and say, really? You did that to me? Come on. Uh, come on, Mom. <laughs> on what? national TV? Come on. Let's uh, get it together. Uh, but that was fun. Yeah. I, I think Penny Barker stepped forward for them. Surely, I'm sure, you know, they're disappointed by not making it into the next round, but an improvement from the last time. They gave themselves a chance. Mm-hmm. So that, that was good to see. A tough loss on the first day for them, but uh, an improvement there. Holly Duncan, again, similar performance to the last time. A team that can, that can hang. And if they get back, again, I... I sort of work their way into potentially a playoff uh, or at least the championship pool situation. Another disappointing team over the course of the week, I think Laurie St. George couldn't quite follow up on the success from last year. Uh, they, they struggled through the course of the week, but I would expect them to come back multiple times if they choose to continue to play together. Yeah. Yeah. We had, uh, you know, Holly Duncan started 0 and 4 and then yeah. rattled off four wins in a row, you know, yeah. Also, a shout out to them. They, two members of their team are seven months pregnant, I think. Six or seven months Jeez. pregnant. So, uh, you know, Crazy. Uh, big time kudos. We talked a lot about uh, Rachel Holman last year, so I didn't want to uh, miss that. Sean, we haven't talked about Christina Black. No, we haven't. And the team from Nova Scotia. And that yes. that's a crime that we've waited, whatever, 30 minutes into our podcast to talk about her. Great showing from the blue blue nosers. Uh, you only wish that the fans could have been there, you know, in their rain hats and literal <laughs> blue noses to to yeah. cheer them on because uh, a lot to be proud of from that team. Absolutely. Wonderful performance for Christina Black and the team out of Nova Scotia. That They were a lot of fun to watch over the course of the week. And a lot was made out of their learning from Marianne Arsenault. And even Vic commented on it in the essay last night of you learn from the best and can you can you do that and they beat marion arsenault nine to three mm-hmm. so really good wins for them over the course of the week uh, very impressive you know they beat zacharias uh, playoff team they played tight with carrie anderson when they played them that game against Kristen mccarville i know we commented on it but w- you're down by eight points and it'd be easy to just give up, but they didn't. They kept playing, almost were able to claw their way to to a win there. So just uh, a lot of fun to see two East Coast teams make the playoffs this week. And uh, congratulations to Christina Black. They have a lot to be proud of. Absolutely. We even got to see them on TV. So that's right. <laughs> yeah. Good news yeah. for our uh, East Coast friends. Yeah, I didn't tally it up, but I think most teams got a TV game. You know what? I'll go through and uh, do the we'll stats. To check it. Yeah, we'll have to check it, see uh, who mm-hmm. did. But uh, it was a, a wonderful week up there in Thunder Bay. Congratulations to the host committee for being able to pull it off. Congratulations to all the players for being able to pull it off. And uh, glad that everyone, despite Tracy Flurry's positive test, uh, is, is going home uh, safe and sound and healthy. And uh, a wonderful week to watch. I very much enjoyed it, even if I didn't quite get into it the way I normally do. So Scott, what is your uh, memory going to be of the 2022 Scotties? 
Uh, it's going to be that finish the same time that uh, Rachel Holman <laughs> and John Morris uh, lost their last round robin game. But uh, yeah, no, it's uh, another one for Anderson. Mine is going to be that we only heard the weird, or I only heard the word gear once. I wonder why. So that will uh, do it for our discussion of the 2022 Scotties. Uh, If you have not yet, please do subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts, do likes, ratings, comments, all that good stuff helps other people find the show. Head on over to gamestonespod.com. You can find all of our past episodes, plus a link to the merch, all proceeds to Sandra Schmirler Foundation and Food Banks Canada. You can follow along on social media at Game of Stones Pod on Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you want to hear on the show. Game of Stones Podcast at gmail.com. We will be back later tonight or tomorrow, depending on when you're listening to this and when this drops, with our full preview of the four-person Olympic events that are going to be kicking off in a couple days over in Beijing. And later in the week, we'll have a little something about the mixed doubles, our thoughts on that. Uh, I don't want to get didn't want to get too hot takey on it because that space has been uh, well covered today so we'll give it a couple days to uh to wrap that all up once the medals have been awarded in beijing so uh that's that scott we uh play tonight do you think we get a seventh win in a row yes okay bold <laughs> prediction I'm i have, not I have as... faith in your skipping abilities <laughs> i i am not as bullish as you are scott uh, of course if we win it will extend my streak as the skip it will put us into a fifth month of that streak because i will have skipped all of february based on buys and off weeks and stuff so yeah, yeah. we'll see what happens uh i'm i we'll see so uh Enjoy all the curling out there, everybody. We'll talk to you later in the week. But until then, keep those brooms on the ice and don't dump that intern. Make the final.